Welcome to the Color Auntie Podcast. My name is Grace, joined by my co-host, Kozan. And we are so glad that you're here with us. We're just your northern girls trying to live our best life. We're here to help you through those dreadful morning commutes, or if you're just wanting to hear Quay out of things you may be experiencing, because both Quay and I have been there. We don't really know what we're doing in life, but we're hoping to figure it out with you along the way. <laughs> yeah. So listen, your podcast aunties love ya. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Call Her Auntie podcast. You might be wondering where we've been and, well, where I am right now. I am in Halifax. I am McMoggy. No, in McMoggy. Um, I'm out here visiting our favorite Mi'kmaq sister, and she is our September annual guest. So we're back with Faith, and how are you doing, Grace? I'm doing good. I can't believe. So our last episode was her with Faith has been September 20th, 2020, which seems so long ago, mm-hmm. which is wild to me. But I'm doing good. I'm just sitting here with Camilla on my lap and she's staring at the microphone and is amused by seeing you guys on the screen. She's probably like, what is happening? September but- 2020. In 2021 <laughs> yeah but back then like last year this time Camilla wasn't even was like it wasn't even a speck in your eye <laughs> I get to it was, isn't that how we say your eye a twinkle oh, in your eye <laughs> <laughs> a speck. she was a speck in your uterus no your ovary uh yeah, two years ago yeah yeah I was here another time after that actually. yeah no 2020 and 2021 that's what I'm saying like last year oh, she yeah. wasn't a speck in her eye yeah <laughs> twinkle twinkle sparkle <laughs> she was an egg in your ovary only because I know that saying because Ben uses it sometimes and he'll be like like you're he's like you weren't around when um like this was out he's like you weren't even a twinkle in Timmy's eye because like that's my dad's eye <laughs> 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 and you were um, then you <laughs> but um thanks for being on again faith this is so nice to see you and that's really awesome that quay's out there visiting you and i'm glad to just be able to see you virtually yeah thank you so much for grace and quay having me on color auntie and also camila jo- joining us mm-hmm. so sweet. yeah so we're, we're glad to have you back and before okay I'm not gonna I'm just gonna say this somebody had said to us when they listened to like our episode with you like what do you guys do just kiss each other's ass e- every day each day or all the time or something and I'm like hell yeah we do so we're back to kiss your ass babe thanks for coming <laughs> yeah we know we are on a women supporting women vibe vibe that's the vibe here even though I threw shade but we're on we're still on the vibe (laughs) (laughs) okay so faith if you're new to new to our podcast that was kind of a (laughs) a lot to begin with um but faith is our Mi'kmaq sister she's an auntie and a sister to five siblings the second old second no third yeah the second oldest daughter that's still true um, she's from Millbrook First Nation. She's a high school graduate, a college graduate, a university graduate, and now has her master's. And she is our soon-to-be doctor friend. So 
if you've been listening along this whole way and get this Millie, every time we talk to Faith, she's doing something so cool and new. So now she's going after her PhD and will be a doctor. Um, Did you say doctor friend? Yeah, she's going <laughs> to be our doctor friend. I'm like, oh. it's going to take some time. It just Tell seemed like, it. oh, sorry. No, it just seemed like that was her last name, like doctor friend. She's going to be our doctor friend. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's like the comma that you got to like emphasize when you're saying friend. <laughs> doctor friend. Um, yeah. Okay. Tell us, Faith. Uh, yeah. So the last time I was here, we talked about how I was finishing my master's at TMU. And uh that was a really awesome journey. And throughout that process, I started doing some research work. And then I realized that I really enjoyed doing research and especially being able to incorporate Indigenous methodologies and um, just incorporating ceremony in the in your research and in your workspace was um you know, such a, an amazing experience. And I just felt like I wanted to be more involved in it. Mm -hmm. So throughout this process, I decided to apply for my PhD. And uh, this wasn't necessarily on the agenda. But, you know, as you kind of figure out where you're going in life by just moving forward on things. Mm -hmm. And you don't necessarily know exactly like what you want to do or what you want to be, but I feel like it's just moving towards, um, just taking steps forward, you know, maybe a few steps back, but keep on moving forward and you just kind of figure it out as you go. And so I just decided on the very last day before the deadline to apply for my PhD, <laughs> <laughs> which reminds me of someone over here. <laughs> And, uh, and I got, I got an offer and it's, uh, with Laurentian university and, uh, the program is interdisciplinary and it's a PhD in Royal and Northern health. And, uh, I have, I don't quite know what I'm going to research yet. That's still in progress, but yeah, I start next Tuesday. What? <laughs> <laughs> next tuesday yeah wow oh my god yeah i had no i really didn't have a clue you know what the whole process was and um how it worked but i've had some mentors along the way that have sort of helped me with this journey so it definitely wasn't on my own it was like a community that really helped support me and lead me in this direction and I feel good about it yeah and um yeah so it's it's kind of neat it's like two courses a semester just like my master's was and um that will be for this next year I'll do uh courses and then next year I'll have two exams and those exams are basically two 20 page papers and then I'll have to defend my proposal. And then after I'm done all my courses and go through the exams, then I'll be a PhD candidate. And then hopefully I'll get it done in like three, four years. 
Wow. But, you know, some people take 12 years. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. And I want to tell our listeners, if this is your first time hearing about Faith, that you should definitely listen to our previous episodes with her because just to learn more about her journey, because I love your education journey and, you know, like where you came from and what you've done and where, like, where you're still going and what you're accomplishing. Like, it's all so inspiring to to everyone. Um, So if you haven't listened, I suggest listening to other episodes we have with Faith. So we met you, me and Grace met you in 2014. But do you, and that was at Humber College when you were starting your diploma. You and Grace both were doing your diplomas. But tell us about a little bit about your journey before then. Well, before then, uh, well, before I went to Humber College, I uh, I was sort of just trying to finish my high school. So I was a mature student, and I didn't finish my high school until I was twenty three. And, uh, I guess during that time, I also went on, a, I joined a school of ministry and I was, it was like a five month module. It was in Toronto. And I did that with a couple of my friends from the res and we went on this journey. It was kind of like a healing journey, really. They called it a, it was a heart module. And it was a process of going through um, healing life's hurts, um, learning different things about ministry and um, like ministry. Yeah, like ministry, but not like uh, it was more abstract, spiritual, wasn't like a super like theologian type of ministry mm-hmm. it was more like modules it was like a certificate okay I suppose just for our listeners I I put my hands up and I bowed when I was like like ministry just <laughs> I know you guys couldn't didn't get what that what just happened there <laughs> yeah so I I went to school ministry and uh, I still didn't have my high school at the time so I got in basically as a mature student and during that process I was all I had the opportunity to go on a mission trip, and for mine, I went to Bornholm in Denmark, which is a little island in the middle of the Baltic Sea. And the Baltic Sea is like very salty, so it's like so easy to flow. Yeah, and it's so beautiful. But um, the reason we went there was to sort of assist with their youth programming because. Uh, their youth, even though it's like a really great country, I guess their youth struggle with uh, some mental health issues and um, they have like high suicide rates and um, they struggle with different, different things. And um, so we spend time with the youth there and we basically just hung out with them on the beach and did different activities with them. And one of the youth were like, you know, it's really so unfortunate that our beaches are so filthy right now because it's what our community relies on because it's a tourism location. So the, so the youth had an idea to clean up the beach. So we did, um, we started cleaning it up and we did it like all day and we didn't, we barely covered, you know, a chunk of it. But then the next day, I guess 
the uh, locals were complaining, like, why are these, you know, people from another country cleaning our beach? We should be doing this ourselves. And I guess the, the uh, county had it all cleaned up, like, the next day, the whole beach. Whoa, and it was cool. gorgeous. Where was it again? It born home. So it's in a, it's like an island so you have to take a train to Sweden in order to get there. Here it oh, is. Okay. We stayed in Nexo in this area. But it was really cute and beautiful. Yeah, they have those funky trees. Yeah, but look at the beach. It's just oh. like it's just white sand, but it was like covered with, you know, just the debris oh, um, from the ocean or ocean. from the sea. Those trees are creepy to me. It was a really great experience, though, but it sort of enlightened, um, you know, a spark inside of me that was like, okay, I want, there's so much life to live out there, and I want to live, uh, I want to live it, <laughs> and that's, um, and I guess my mom as well, she really instilled that with me, like, I was raised by a single mother of five. And uh, it was a struggle. And um, my mom always wanted to do higher education, but it felt too much like a barrier. And she didn't have those supports. And, you know, there wasn't those support systems that really in place for her. And uh, she just always told me, you know, do you want to be on welfare for the rest of your life? Or do you want to get your education and do something? And so she really instilled that in me that if I wanted to have a better life, then I should pursue education. So um, I know that's not the answer for everyone, of course, but it uh, it influenced me and in the decisions that I made throughout my journey. You know, what's funny is that my mom didn't say the same thing, but my mom said, you can have kids at any time. You can have kids when you're 18, when you're 16. And you can do everything in life, but it's just going to be hard. Mm. So do you want an easy life or do you want to have a like a harder life? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I want the easiest life I could have. <laughs> it was. And, you know, those, you know, our moms really did make big influences in our life. And I think that's explains why we're you know, we've made the decisions that we've made and here we are very educated indigenous women from the res. res yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think about that sometimes about like the, how my mom was at this time in the life she was living and it was a full, beautiful life for sure. Yeah. But it was a full, beautiful life that like she had wanted. And yeah like it's really important to decide like what you want well by the time my mom was my age she already had five kids mm-hmm. and I don't have kids yet <laughs> <laughs> okay so we went a little deep there on accident but that's okay um so yeah, Faith is now, you were 23 when you first started just to get your GED. And then now 10 years later, you're going in to be a doctor. So I didn't do a GED. Okay, okay. I did do, I did go back to an adult high school mm-hmm. and I got my high school diploma. Okay. 
And so you got that in Hamilton too, right? Yeah, Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. So they've just been all over the place. Just mm-hmm. Alberta next for your yeah. Degree. I've been in I've been in Millbrook now, Millbrook First Nation, mm-hmm. and um, uh, it's been nice being back home. But I definitely would like to get more connected in the community if I can depending on this next journey but my my education will be online so I can be anywhere which is nice yeah that Sorry, is nice. what was the what rest of your question Clay? I don't even know I was just summarizing your some I was just making a synopsis of what you said um <laughs> okay so if you did you ever imagine that you would be at this level of doing your schooling oh no not at all this wasn't in, in this was uh an impossible task mm-hmm. so I I would have never thought that I would have made it this far in education and um I actually spent a semester at CBU and it so was tell us what CBU is though so CBU is a Cape Breton University and mm-hmm. um I mainly went there for a relationship. Okay. That didn't work out. So I wasn't really happy being there to mm-hmm. begin with. So you definitely should choose a school that you want and not necessarily what other people may want for you because you might do it and then not be happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I left there and uh, I had a backup plan because there was some turbulence in my life at the time. And my backup plan was to go to Humber College and I got accepted in January. So I left CBU after the fall and I went to Humber College and um, going to college was a good step for me because it sort of brought me back into life as a student it sort of was like my high school because my adult school was unconventional Mm -hmm. so even though it's been a long journey Mm -hmm. it uh, sort of helped me build that capacity so I I basically did one program at a time okay you just focus on one then focused on I like that way Mm -hmm. to think yeah I have a question. If you if you're saying that, um, like ten years ago, you thought that it'd be impossible to be like where you are you are at now. I feel like a yeah. lot of people think that, like, whoa, it's so like unattainable for me to do that, or or to like reach this level of education, or I don't know, whatever it is, like a a goal that people think that they can't get to. Like, what pushed you through? all these years to get to where you are now like if you could I don't I know think it comes down to purpose uh you know I always really felt like I had you know a purpose in my life I had something to live for and uh I think I'd leaned on that on times where even though it was tough I felt like this is what I was meant to be doing and um And also I made a decision. So I had dropped out of school so many times, like I dropped out of junior high, dropped out of high school and, uh, you know, I quit my first job and like, I just left a lot of things and that was sort of the norm Mm -hmm. for me. And at the time, 
And I think what it came down to is I just made up my mind that I wasn't going to quit anymore. Mm-hmm. And there might have might have been times where maybe I should have quit and maybe tried something else, but I just made up a mind, my mind to um to see things through and to finish what I start no matter what. And um that's been I guess an area that I've really held on to is just stay committed and just be consistent and hope that eventually that you'll make it there and really hoping. And you said last year on this, um, when we we interviewed you, you said a year will go by regardless. So why not start now? And so I feel like you're just echoing that. Like, again, like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) finding the themes and my, why I do what I do. (laughs) I love that though. Thank you for being this inspiring Quay that we could, you know, not Quay Quay, our podcasts, but like girl Quay of just. How do you say girl enigma? Abit. Abit? Abit. Abit. It's more like woman. But well, yeah. Quay is more Abit. like woman. Mm-hmm. Abit. That's awesome. Okay, so can you give us an update on like your fitness journey and where you are now and what's going on and how you hold on to kindness for yourself? Yeah. Well, last year I was doing really well with my fitness journey and I had lost weight and I was feeling so like so strong and powerful. Um, but over the past year I started to burn out, um, and turn all my priorities towards finishing my master's and so I gained weight and it uh I think probably during the harder winter months of like February March and maybe going into April it was a very difficult time in terms of my my fitness journey like wanting to be active, fit, healthy, but just struggling to get there. Um, So over the past, I guess, seven weeks, I've been trying to commit to working out at least four days a week. And um, as well as getting some cardio in. So I feel like I'm starting to rebuild my strength right now. But next, I feel like I need to really get my stress and um, my emotions sort of more stabilized. So I've been kind of just relaxing this summer as well and not taking things too seriously mm-hmm. and um, just trying to rest. And because it's when you have a task that you have to finish and it's becomes your main priority. Sometimes it's hard to maintain that balance. Mm -hmm. And um, so I feel like I just been kind of in a recovery, like place this summer, just to de-stress, get myself back at it. And then I'm going to start back up in September and get healthy and strong. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for being so open and honest about that with us. I think me and grace can both relate to like trying to find balance and it helps it helps to understand you know like other 
people are, mm -hmm. are trying to find navigate that yeah camilla <laughs> you got it girl mm -hmm. yeah it's hard I, out here sometimes <laughs> how do you balance between nap and growing and feeding tell us <laughs> our listeners she's like her little fingers up and she's tapping the mic yeah <laughs> she's telling us um I've definitely this is kind of a like side story um so I've been just really trying to focus on my eating and healthy eating and whatnot um and yesterday I was like this is gonna be my cheat day because we went to um Eastside Mario's for dinner and the like all you can eat bread that they just keep bringing out and so first then the waiter like we weren't being served so I had to be like can we get a waiter and then so the waiter finally came and then I was like can we get more bread and then Nico's like mommy you're not saying please at all you're saying <laughs> bread and I'm like yeah I'm starving and I was just like, <laughs> was just like I was like this is my day I'm having as much carbs and it's like <laughs> Ben was like can I have like the end of that bread piece please and I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> but I was just, no. like eating it all and like the pasta and chicken parm. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Um, but I totally get a balance. Like it's like I that's what I'm trying to do is just focus on my diet because that's I feel like that's something I can fit into my life right now. But finding a time to have like a dedicated like time during my day to do a workout is so hard. Other than just like the movements I do, like walking up and down the stairs and like going for walks but um trying to find even like 20 minutes is hard to do just a workout by myself yeah I mean sometimes it it, it can cost you right like your whatever your goals may be and um I think the main thing is that you always go back and think about you know, where you went wrong, how you can do better and uh, reevaluate and just uh, make new goals. I like what you said about like what a, what it costs you though. Because mm -hmm. like if you don't find the time or manage your time to put these priorities in mm -hmm. or like what is that costing you? And are you comfortable with that cost? Because if you're not, then how do you make it work? But also like- Maybe some some people don't even some people might not be, even be able to organize their time. Yeah, they're not. So how do you organize your time? Well, time management, I think, is a really challenging task. And because it is so easy for the day just to go by. It's like, wow, how did the day just go by? And how much time do I have left? And that's definitely cost me in my sleep because I will just like start catching up at nighttime and not sleeping at night. <laughs> and then, you know, so that's a struggle. So when I want to be more focused, I need to set a plan and like write down everything in a calendar. And I need to have a plan of like what I'm going to work on each day. And then if I don't, sometimes when it comes to planning and prioritizing it's you can overdo it or not necessarily 
complete everything, but then Mm -hmm. you just reset yourself the next week. And then you try to reassess and figure out what you need to get done that following week. And then go from there. But really it's a, I've had some sessions with Quay. She's really great at like organizing and planning and time management. And she has like probably a lot more insight on this. Yeah. Timing. Oh, time. Time. yeah she's really great at it I get I think that's a little um what is it like am I it's it's a skill but it, it could be a flaw like I plan down everything like to the to the um, not to the minute but I like block time to the all the time like okay I have to do the work for 8 30 well seven to here is my time I have 30 minutes to do something like you know what I mean that, mm-hmm. but sometimes it, it works out for my favor but I feel like I feel like why am I so why can't I just be free and spontaneous maybe I have to talk to my mm-hmm. therapist about that one <laughs> <laughs> I think my flaw that makes me um be organized is that I'm just very forgetful and then I get flustered so it's just like I get a call it's like Grace, you're supposed to meet us at this appointment today. And I'm like, no. And, I, and I'm like, oh my God. And then it just throws me off. And I'm like, I should have like, you know, blocked time off in my day on my calendar that I have See, here yeah. and here. And like, it just makes me feel good when I like, yeah. And I'm like, hey, this is like where I need to be and whatnot. But I hate that feeling, that feeling of forgetting, that feeling yeah. like it turns my stomach and not so much that I'm like, anytime I make an appointment, like, I set the appointment and then if it's virtual or online, I set the travel time in my Google calendar and like, I'm not, I don't book anything before that. See, she yeah. had a good strategy. Like that's a good strategy to have. Like for me, okay. For example, uh, I find I'm very good at being flexible. Like I'm, and I can handle stress. Like I did, I've done like an executive skills test and I'm like really high under flexibility stress tolerance and organization so I've been able to make it work based on my skills but really that was just a bit of the chaos that I was raised in so Mm -hmm. like it was um you know you just didn't really know you know everyone's emotions in the day you know what was going to happen um you know you just had to kind of be ready for anything So now it's like, now you can, as an adult, you can sort of create these spaces and the, um, you know, like develop different skills and strategies that will help you work towards your goals and achieve those things that you really would love to achieve. And, um, but it's a learning process and it's sort of stepping out of, you know, those ways that you had to survive in, in your childhood and, Mm -hmm. you know, and then reassess and be like, okay, well I'm safe now. And yeah, you know, I can do this and, you know, I have to, I have to talk myself down whenever I get started on schoolwork or assignment or any kind of work, I find it stressful even before I begin. So I will like, literally call on my auntie Anne and be like you know she she was such a tough woman so I'm just like auntie Anne like come be with me I need your help 
-hmm. and uh, you know just get that like spiritual support so you can even get yourself in a the right mind space to get started because sometimes that's the hardest thing too is just getting started so yeah. is your auntie M with us still no she, oh, passed, she passed away on. so then yeah. you okay so you kind of like prayed your ancestors like shit man i need some help yeah <laughs> camilla that's the secret girl <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so last time we talked, we talked about your relationship with relationship relationship with yourself, um, how you've grown, and you kind of touched on that recently too, just now. But tell us about like you re- the relationships you've had. What have you learned? Because I feel like they've been so diverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess to begin with, the relationship with myself um, is. So one thing I, I'm sort of figuring out is this idea of balance, which I touched on a bit. And I find that when I'm trying to do something, I, I, I get really immersed in it mm-hmm. and I'm trying to decide, you know, how can I keep myself at a place of being peaceful and uh but also like working on the relationships with my family working on the relationship with my friends um you know dealing with other romantic relationship issues and processing it all it um I think it it really I think what it comes down to for myself is like okay how much time have I spent with myself and then I'm like, okay, I, I've been like really immersed with my family and friends. I need to take a moment and, um, and just like be alone mm-hmm. and spend time with myself. So I think I'm more of an introvert and I think I get energy from being alone. So I need to take time of like, just going, you know, even for a drive on my own or just being like I gotta go and do this trip or go shopping or something and I'll go do it by myself because I just kind of need that alone time but also prioritizing like getting care like getting massage and um I think just having some self-care and I think relationship with others um well, I have a niece who is 11 and I feel like she's going through a transition in her life and sort of requires a bit more, um, you know, care. So I think there's different people in your life where it's like, oh, I think I should probably spend more time with them right now. And then just reassessing like who you need or who needs you. And then just being reciprocal in your relationships. And, um, but I don't know, I don't know how much I should get into this, but my romantic relationship that I've had for the past two years is sort of, I guess, I don't know what you say. Dissolving. Dissolving. (laughs) Dwindling. Um, I just, 
uh, we're just starting to come to terms with like, maybe that we're not going to pursue having a romantic relationship anymore. And, um, and uh, some days it's like, can be kind of sad and painful, but then there's other days where it's like, oh, wow. It's like, I feel so much better being out of this and I can kind of think and feel more clearly. So I think that with, yeah, it's, it's kind of tough, I guess, talking about relationships and because your emotions are involved and there's not any perfect relationship and there's always, you know, sort of up, ups and downs and conflict and happy times and good times, fun times. And uh, I think the main thing is just, you know, figuring out who means the most to you and who's going to contribute to your life and who you believe in. And, you know, it's just a mix. It's very messy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I always, I think that like you're so mature in relationships only because this is my perspective on you is because you always somehow still like remain friends or like remain like it's like peacefully not peacefully but like maturely separated like just like you how you shared and I'm like for me I'm like nah you're out of my life now block delete <laughs> fuck you so I'm like how how did you get to this like what what why why do you do this and how yeah I think um I really care about people's feelings and uh, I don't know if it's like maybe a default that I have of like people pleasing mm -hmm. or if it's a little bit of that but um I think uh I just I want things even if a relationship ends I want it to end as peacefully as possible and um I feel like you make sacrifices to make it work. And I think also maybe like my parents too, like they had separated, but they maintained a friendship. Mm -hmm. So maybe because I seen, I seen that models before, but I have been able to maintain friend, like maintain my friendships with people I've been in romantic relationships with is sort of because um I just try to maintain that respectful that respect and um you know and then if they're not necessarily being respectful then I mean sometimes you have to do what you have to do to cut them out of your life but if you're able to sort of be mature and talk it through and respect each other's space, then um, I don't see why you should necessarily completely take them out of your life because you have shared nice times with each other and you have shared um, love for one another. And yeah, just, but sometimes it just doesn't work out and that's okay. And like what you said, um, like you can remain a friendship with someone that you were romantically involved with. And this could, like you said, it, but it has to be reciprocated, right? Like mm -hmm. you wouldn't remain in a friendship if 
they didn't have respect for you back. But if respect can be given both ways, then it's possible, right? And I think that's what you're trying, that's what you were saying. And I think like it is possible. Yeah, I think the main thing is just, is that misconduct, you know, like, if there's misconduct in relationships I'm like you're fucking out you're blocked and deleted when you disrespect me by acting that way Mm -hmm. fuck off Mm -hmm. but you're but sometimes it's like how do you how do you go back like how do you bring that back how do you guess I have to work through the pain and uh internally so I I guess I have to feel the pain Um, and I usually do that like on my own and in my own time and space. And then, um, you know, if I feel like I need to talk it through, I'll attempt to talk it through as much as I can. And then usually I can just let it go and get over it and then just kind of feel it out and see how things go from there. So I, I guess it's, uh, it's just how like it's like a forgiveness and like letting go I guess yeah well I think you have to like forgive to move on like I don't think you could be stuck and within yourself and be like stuck yeah. in like with I that actually wish I could just block and delete like Quay <laughs> like because I'm like, there's no reason if you love me or were a friend to me, you would never do that to me. So I'm like, fuck off. There's going to be somebody right. else. But then I'm like, do I, do I wish I, like, I just want to know, like, how you, like, I don't know. I'm trying I to think of, like, think- who I would have wanted to remain friends with. And I'm like, none of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, what happens when I do get yeah. there? How do I? remain friends if I want to be their friend still if they've treated me like shit well I think that everyone that we love mistreats us sometimes okay good point and I think that really we all miss the mark we all make mistakes Mm -hmm. and I've made mistakes Mm -hmm. so I sort of you know look at myself too right in the process it's like okay well I've done this too so why can't I forgive if they can forgive me? So maybe like that self-reflection. Yeah. I mean, when I think about stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, I've been, yeah, like I don't answer a call or whatever, but I'm like, but I don't go, I don't step that out of bounds. I've never stepped that out of bounds. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I would never do that to you. So why are you doing that to me? I think I don't know uh we, we can like <laughs> bring it back because <laughs> now I feel true. like it's like a I think every I think it just depends where you, like your personality too mm-hmm. a bit and I guess what you're okay with what you're not okay with I guess also how much you like the person maybe you just never like them enough much. to keep them in my life <laughs> yeah maybe that's it too because <laughs> I know there's one person right now where I have had to learn a lot about like I am like hyper independent so when I've been somewhere I've had to learn to be able to lean on someone and give them control of the situation mm-hmm. and then I'm like no but I now I now I want them in my life 
and we're mm-hmm. we're we're still friends so I'm like maybe you're right it's like not but I feel like I'm just exploring that type of relationship now mm-hmm. yeah I guess that's it I guess 33 years man <laughs> <laughs> taking me 33 years to get to where I don't want to cut someone off yeah but it's hard like sometimes I think you do need to cut people off like especially if they are mistreating you over and over and over and over again because then that's just abusive yeah so there's a fine line there's a fine line and I think you said something too about like if it was something like I make the decision or like when I decide and I think that's a really key thing it's like you you are allowing or it's what you allow Mm -hmm. I'm just happy like that I opened myself up to to love Mm -hmm. like actually loving someone and um you know and allowing myself to dream of you know a future together and to dream of like a family and a home and all these things that you hope for one day yeah but then it's like but also you have to have your ultimatums like what is going to be okay with you and what's not going to be okay yeah and um yeah and I think eventually sometimes you need to let go and move on for real for real for real for real just depends because it's hard sometimes because you have to really be strong in order to leave someone based on your morals it really takes a lot of inner strength and uh and empowering self that's true I know that I wish like sometimes now I'm grateful that I didn't do it but I was like there was one time I just wished I was the type of girl to be like because I missed somebody so much for like a four month period mm-hmm. I was like I wish I was just the type of girl to be like calling them up and telling them to come back over mm-hmm. but I didn't and I was like so hurt for like four months yeah and then I was like no I'm glad that was that yeah. four months was like the yeah. saddest sometimes you just rip off the band-aid you know like, <laughs> it hurts but... so much though uh, I, just... I think I'm I'm just like a I'll just slowly take off the band-aid <laughs> <laughs> okay so I'm a ripper <laughs> You're yeah, I took it off real slow I'm like oh this hurts but you know it'll get there just take some time <laughs> just a little bit here and there I'm like compartmentalize my pain <laughs> <laughs> okay that's enough for today <laughs> let's watch some comedy sitcoms <laughs> <laughs> well so, what have you been watching on netflix before we wrap it up or prime or apple tv okay. or i've been watching p valley on F- apple tv mm-hmm. and it may seem like a deadly show it is a deadly show <laughs> it may seem- <laughs> but it's real good <laughs> what's interesting about the show is um like it's a stripper show and there's like nudity and stuff in it but the um the writer and the creator of the show is Katori Hall and she's a woman and she also has all um women directing the show as well so all the directors on the show and the writers are women 
So cool. it gives um, a different perspective. And yes, it shows like, you know, the life of, you know, what's going on with strippers and what's their experience in life. And it's, you know, it's really intense and dramatic and, you know, just a piece of reality. But on the other side, for something more light, uh-huh. loot has been really great. Like, so funny. Loot? Loot. It has Maya Rudolph in it. And uh, they they also have a, a female trans okay. actress. And they, um, yeah, they just have like a very, like a diverse group, very inclusive group. And you've also been watching Rutherford Falls, eh? Oh, yes. Rutherford Falls. Oh, my God. That is such a good show. Uh, highly recommend. That has uh, my cousin on it. Is that on Apple too? That one is, I think it's on Prime. Rutherford Falls? Yeah, I think that one's on on Amazon Prime. It might be on a subscription. Maybe Stars. Mm -hmm. It's on Stars. Yeah. So I highly recommend. There's season one season and they're on their second season I think there's like three episodes on there but we're just talking about it because they have this on season two episode two they have this phenomenal episode about pretendians and um you know we that's a really challenging topic for us to discuss Mm -hmm. but the way they display it and discuss it you know it'll give you chills I think you explained it. <laughs> and even now thinking back to it, I'm like <laughs> <laughs> it's true. There is a there's a scene in there Can where you give us a synopsis of that scene like you did at the dinner table yesterday. Okay. <laughs> so there so um the main actress, she is starting a cultural center and she is looking for a curator and she's trying to hire someone and this man walks in and he's like read her thesis and he seems like very intelligent like he knows his stuff and um so she's like wow you're hired like automatically and then she goes out for dinner with um with this guy and two other um like workers at the casino and they uh he's sort of talking about you know his experiences at the dinner and they're super interesting and so then one of the actors asked him where uh or who is your or where are you from and then he's like oh I'm from you know you know I just say I'm from Turtle Island and uh I'm from you know here and there and we're all you know part of the land (laughs) and then the other actress is like okay so like what part of the turtle you know like the arm the turtle what's your tribe and then he's like well um you know I'm Algonquin and Inuit and like Northwestern and they're like what's Northwestern (laughs) tribe and then but he's like but I I say that I descended from the Manitowabi and they were like and then one of the actors are like, hmm, well, I ascended from my mom, who's Minashanka. And then everyone else at the table is like, same. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, ooh, chills. 
<laughs> and then he kind of like, okay, I'll get the next round. So the pretending gets up and he goes to get the round. And then the other actor leans into her and he's like, uh, did you hire pretending? <laughs> Sorry for my bursting out, my busted cackles there halfway through that one. <laughs> you gotta watch it like it's it's phenomenal it's so that's called Rutherford yeah I ascended from my mom (laughs) (laughs) my mom or yeah my mom is Minashanka and I ascended from her (laughs) (laughs) that show got 96% on Rotten Tomatoes and uh yeah the actress is Jana I don't know what Schmiedling? Schmiedling? Schmiedling. 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 She's a podcaster and the podcast is Women of Size. So, and she's an actress on Reservation Dogs for so, season two. Oh, if, yeah, Michael Gray Eyes is on that one. And um, they also have uh, um, a lot of good actors in there. So, those are Faith's top recs. And Anything you wanted to tell young women who might, or young people who might be listening? Okay. (laughs) Young people. Wow. Okay. Young people are amazing. First of all, Um, you guys are just doing so much great work and just get uh, focused on whatever your goals are and just do your goals. And uh, if that includes having a family young, just Mm -hmm. have a family young. Because uh, me and Quay are in our early 50s. Do they know our age? Yeah, they know our age. (laughs) (laughs) We were just before this episode, I was like, can I I say it? I was like, remember that time you lied to that guy about how old you were? (laughs) She was like, I can't believe I did that. Yeah, I used to lie about my age, and uh, I'm I'm not gonna do it today. So I'm 33. So we're 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 we don't have kids yet, Quay and I, and um, so we get a bit nervous about it. Well, I definitely get a bit nervous about you know. I get nervous. My clock. No, not my clock. I get nervous about kids. Like they're gonna be my responsibility. Yeah, I can barely take care of myself. Yeah. So um just have the baby while you're young because when you're young, you get lots of support because you're young. Right. But now, like I think once we have kids, we're just expected to already have it together. Yeah. So just have kids and then get your education. Family first. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So all against Quay's mom's word that it's gonna be harder with kids. Yeah. Yeah. But also choose your heart. So yeah, yeah, choose your heart. But that's just my advice. Is I I I mean I'm grateful that I I did what I did in my life, but my advice is to have a family because at least you have your family and you have your foundation. And your family is a strength. Me, the family is so hard to do because you have to find a partner who's going to ride with you till the end. And I'm like, yeah. how many partners have I gone through? None of them wanted to ride to the end. Yeah. No, that's where we I are. I think it's just like finding your person and all that you want to share your life with. If that's what you want. In mm-hmm. life. If that's what you want. But yeah, I mean, 
I have kids and I still have things I need to check off my list for myself and it's you know gonna be hard but I think you've chosen your heart and you you love it. it and I love it and I think now that I'm in it my kids get to see like what can be done you know yeah so I think that's like you know I have these like little people watching me now so hey this has been so nice seeing you and I'm so glad that we got to record with you again and thank you so much for having me I just think you're so inspiring and I hope everyone who is listening feels a little bit inspired hearing your story and I feel like we have to have you on like even maybe like bi-annually just keep up with you (laughs) because you're just doing so much and you know like it's never going to be a repeat it's going to be like what's faith doing now and (laughs) that's pretty cool yeah as you can see the past three years (laughs) growth professional development yeah Mm -hmm. forever (laughs) forever xoxo Okay, no more this. Until next time. So your podcast, Andy's, know that life can be tough. And we want to end our episode with promoting the Hope for Wellness talk line. The Hope for Wellness um, helpline offers immediate help to all Indigenous people across Canada. It is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, to offer counseling and crisis intervention. Life can be tough, and we've all been there. So call the toll-free helpline at 1-855-242-3310 or connect online to their chat at hopeforwellness.ca. And remember that your podcast entities love you.